Hello, I'm Stephen Goodrick, and welcome to the latest podcast from The Lancet Neurology. Joining me today is Professor Amma Al-Chalabi from the Institute of Psychiatry at King's College London. We are going to discuss his population-based modelling study of the development of amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, otherwise known as ALS. Professor Al-Chalabi, many thanks for joining us. Let's start with some background to the study. Could you please tell us a bit about why you decided to do a modelling study of ALS? Well, first of all, ALS is currently thought of as, like many other diseases, having a dose effect model. In other words, that lots of little genetic effects and lots of environmental effects add together. And when you reach enough of an effect, you reach a threshold and the disease is triggered. So we wanted to explore the evidence for that. And we thought a good way would be to use a model originally applied to cancer because there are some similarities between neurodegeneration and cancer. For example, neurodegeneration and cancer both increase with age. They both affect a specific cell type. They're both complex diseases. And for ALS, it seems to start in one region and spread. We don't know if that's definitely true, but it appears to be the case. And that's something it also shares with cancer. Um, And the risk also can be carried for years. So we know people with a genetic, large genetic cause have that from birth, but the disease then will appear to start suddenly in midlife and then progress very rapidly. And for genetic forms, the same gene can lead to different diseases, which is also something shared with cancer. Just for uh, those of us who are not familiar with statistical modelling, could you just briefly explain what you did in the study, please? Yes, so we, we used population registers from Europe. We've got five major population registers of ALS in Europe. And they've been collecting data from about 34 million people over several years. And with those, we've got age and incidence data. So what we did was we plotted the relationship between ALS age of onset and the incidence of ALS, because various models would predict particular relationships between the ALS age of onset and the incidence. So for example, If the cancer model was applied, the cancer model is one that predicts that there are multiple steps to develop ALS rather than a dose effect. So to have multiple steps, one consequence of that, if you follow the statistics, which are described in the paper, that you'd have an exponential relationship between, a power relationship in other words, between the age of onset and the incidence. And the power that the relationship has would tell you how many steps are involved. So we did, we did that, basically. We plotted the log of the incidence against the log of the age, because then the slope is the power. And what were the main findings of the study? So we, we looked at the results from 6,274 people, and we found that the incidence was proportional to age to the power of five. And that suggests that there's a six-step model that would explain ALS. And we looked at it in all five registers independently and in all five registers combined, and we used lots of different methods to analyze it, So we weighted them differently, we included and excluded the most extreme age groups, and we also looked at males and females independently. And it didn't matter really how we did it, we always came out with the same answer, which was that the relationship was to the power of five. And where do we move on from here? I mean, is there more modelling available or or other types of study that could investigate the steps that might lead to the actual disease, development of the disease? Um, Both of those things are true. So the first thing to do is to see, are there particular phenotypic subgroups that might have different slopes? So, for example, we could take people with bulbar onset ALS or limb onset ALS and see, do they have the same slope? Um, But those are clinician phenotypes. So another way of looking at it would be to use another form of modeling, which we've done before called latent class cluster analysis, which tries to group people by patterns of phenotype and clinical presentation and see if those patterns have some biological meaning. Because if they did, then we might expect a different slope if they're really different diseases underlying it. 
And another thing we can do is take people, for example, with familial disease, because if we know they've got a large single gene effect, then that could account for one of the steps. And so those people might have a shallower slope because they only need four further steps. So in the article, by way of illustration, you've also applied the same methodology to uh, multiple sclerosis data that showed a non-linear relationship. Could this be applied to any other neurological diseases? Yes, I think the very first thing to do would be to apply it to other neurodegenerative diseases. ALS is a very good model for neurodegeneration. And if this is true in ALS, it may well be true in Alzheimer's disease, frontotemporal dementia, ataxia, etc. So I think the first next step, Parkinson's disease as well, would be to look at neurodegenerative diseases. The, the main stumbling block would be finding good population registers, but they do exist. This is certainly a, an interesting way to look at a complex problem. Professor Al-Chalibi, many thanks for talking to us today. Thank you. This is Stephen Goodrick saying goodbye until the next time.